Good morning, good morning. As usual, I like to talk a lot with my friends on Zoom. And now we're saying, where's Dorothy? Because I notice if you're not here on my Zoom and Dorothy's in the house. And then I said, where's Virginie? Okay, Virginie is in the house. Where's Kendra? And I'm watching these people. Desiree is showing up. Welcome to the Zoom, guys. What? Welcome to our Facebook friends and welcome to our podcast people. Now, everybody on Zoom, do me a favor. Go open up your Podbean application. Jean-Philippe, just, you know, I, I want to start this way. Just tell them how important it is to comment, to share, and to be on Podbean also. Yes, it is like everything on the net right now. When you are uh, with us on Podbeam, actually, and you comment, uh, you share, uh, you send us heart, uh, actually give us more point. And this is how it helps our podcast to be better ranked on the platform, but not only on that platform, on every other platform, like, um, what is the name of that of the platform? that we are using Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of this. So it helps us being be uh, like better rank. So people, when they are typing some word, we appear in their search. So it's um, it's really important. It's got what we call SEO. So it's how Google function, okay? So when we type something, we may appear and people can like just discover us. Jean-Philippe, this is something he has to explain, S-E-O-B-Z. You got it? Okay, just share, okay? Talk about it everywhere. Welcome this morning. For those joining us for the very first time, my name is Maria Mariano. I am celebrating my 40th year in my multi-level marketing business. And Sabrina, Jean-Philippe, Marie-Pierre, I have to say, we are right now in the first two weeks of January, over $2.5 million of sales. Because I know a lot of people out there are looking at other companies doing phenomenally well. And I think it's important to share that multi-level marketing business is growing bigger and faster than ever. Not many people have $2.5 million of sales and probably closing. I'm Marie-Pierre at 3.5 in the first two weeks of January. The question that was asked to me yesterday was... Uh, to what do you attribute the success? Synergy. For those with me on and Marie-Pierre and Melanie Miller uh, with Stephen Covey, synergy, where everybody with like minds, like thoughts come together for a common goal. And this is what I want the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds, to be. I want synergy to happen where together, together, we're going to convert our Facebook page to one hundred thousand followers i think we can achieve that this year and i also believe jean-philippe we can achieve on spotify and all those other platforms because we're doing it in english right now this is our opportunity as long as we weren't doing it in english we didn't have that opportunity now that we're doing it in english we can have a worldwide reach only with the help of everybody together 
Now, why we're going to do this? Because our goal is to build a thousand millionaires. Now, those that I see on Zoom, raise your hands. Who wants to be a millionaire? Sounds like a game show. Who wants to be a millionaire? Well, today, 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 in Awaken the Giant with Tony Robbins, we're talking about the power of metaphors. Well, the power of the metaphor you're going to choose will have the capacity to keep you in debt or transform your debt into millions of dollars. Are you excited to listen to the podcast? Say yes, yes, yes. Jean-Philippe Jacques is going to cover for, first part, which is how metaphors can actually save your life. Sabrina Tessier is going to move forward with talking about how metaphors affect us and those around us. But most importantly, Marie-Pierre is going to cover, this is the part that hit home for me, how metaphors must be must be used to fit the right context. And I've been often responsible by using the wrong, wrong metaphors in the wrong context. What Aristotle says, and I hope I pronounce his name correctly, the greatest thing by far is to be a master of metaphors. It is the one thing that cannot be learned from others. So I was sharing with Jean-Philippe and Sabrina and Marie-Pierre. It's not always easy trying to figure out a good metaphor, okay? But what's easier sometimes, and that's what you can begin with, is at least following up one paragraph that you're teaching with an example in the meantime that you become a master at metaphors. Always give an example of what you're trying to say so the person listening to you or the audience listening to you gets it. Sometimes sometimes you don't quite understand what I'm trying to say because often what happens is my brain is going a lot faster than what my mouth is speaking and I kind of jam the words at, at when it crosses my lips. So you kind of look at me and say, what, what the hell is she trying to say, Maria? And then I follow it by an example which makes you understand even if you didn't understand what I said preceding the example. So remember, examples in the meantime that you become a master of metaphors. A good metaphor in reality just implies an eye for resemblance. So I'm going to say something and thanks to my metaphor, you can connect to something in your life that resembles that metaphor. A metaphor is a figure of speech. It's an analogy to better impact the sense of what we are saying. From saving lives to affecting positively or negatively those around us to making sure we're using the metaphors in the right context, we're going to begin with toi, with toi, with toi, Jean-Philippe, with you, Jean-Philippe. <laughs> it feels like me some morning, like especially on Monday when I was alone because Sabrina was on the plane. There is so many words that are like, okay, why can I just say say it with an English accent, like my French word, and it's supposed to work. We begin with toi. <laughs> so good morning, everyone. So as we just said, okay, just take a few minutes to share our podcast. If you are right now on Podbeam, you can do it. And also, if you are right now on Facebook, just take time to share the live, maybe in your group, the team, the group of your team. If right now you are with us in an MLM, uh, share it on a group that you have or just on your profile, just to be sure that people are um, 
are being able to get our message. This is really what we want because it's one bite at a time that people can integrate actually our community and say, oh my God, this is so positive. This is what I need. So today what I'm covering, actually I will, uh, I will tell you a story of Martin. Okay, so just for uh, people uh, who don't know him, he's the one that produced the movie Apocalypse Now. So I don't know if you ever uh, saw that movie. Great movie that uh, win many Oscar and all of this. So uh, Martin is the producer and actually where that movie take place, it was filmed in the deep jungle in Philippines. So actually, for Martin and his wife, Janet, their philosophy of life, the metaphor that they use okay, to describe life, and we remember what Marie-Pierre shared with us last week with the different metaphor, their metaphor were life is something to fear. And let me tell you why it is this way. Because at some point during uh, the filming session, they usually film from Monday to Friday. But actually, at some point, for one specific scene, they had to stay, okay, to uh, stay the night on Friday to be sure that they can film some specific scene on the um, Saturday, yeah, Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning. And at some point, Martin, he was doing his stuff and in the morning he started like to feel really bad okay and he did not understand what happened he was sweaty as hell because it's it's the jungle actually in the philippines and at some point he just fell on the ground and he thought to himself oh my god am i dying right now and at some point he started to feel very calm and asking himself oh my god is it what dying is right now because everything was calm so smooth and he thought to himself oh my god like i'm not afraid right now okay of what is happening i was afraid of life i was afraid because i didn't know what will happen to me and at this instant moment he said no okay he started like just taking the grass on the ground and say okay i i need to wake up i need to get up and all of this he wasn't able, okay, the crew find him in the morning and they were so, okay, afraid for him and they say, oh my God, what is happening? He's not like looking very well. So they decided to take him to and uh, to the hospital, they have to take like the helicopter. It was a really bad day and all of that stuff. And they get him to the hospital and like all the things that he was hearing from the doctor and other people is he's not feeling well. The diagnostics are not really good. He had a heart stroke, okay? We don't know if he's going to, uh, to pass that, okay? To go over that situation. And at some point, uh, his wife, Janet, arrived at the hospital. And she knew, okay, that Martin was really influenced by the energy around him, by the word that people were telling to him. And she get like to him and say that metaphor, okay, which is, it's just a movie. It's only a movie. And I know that when I read it the first time, I was like, that is not a metaphor. But for him, that he is a producer, okay, uh, of a movie, what it means, it's only a movie, is that right now, what you're living right now, is not necessarily the reality. At some point, you will hear, cut, okay? And let's get back to reality. So for him, that metaphor, or it's only a movie, tell him that, okay, I just like, 
need to get out of it. It's what we call a pattern interrupt, just to change the idea of all that energy and metaphor that he was receiving. And starting to that moment, he changed his metaphor of life and say, oh my God, now life is a mystery. You never know what you will have, okay, at some point, but it is exciting to discover it. So yes, an event, okay, many events in our life can affect the way that we see actually life, can affect the metaphor that we will use to describe it. And as vocabulary, and I will uh, uh, give the microphone to Sabrina, metaphor also can affect us and affect the people around us. What they present, yes, is that the word that we are using can change not only for us, but for all the community. And they give an example that I really love because here there's uh, a lot of um, uh, a presentation of, of that. The difference when we want to talk about uh, the hurt, People, you, people can use mother hurt or uh, at some moment they use spaceship hurt. If I'm asking you which one have the more emotional link, it's sure that it's mother hurt. Why? Because the link is, it's, it's a mother, you can... Um, you can uh, have a lot from it, but you have to take care of it. So for the environment, using the word Mother Earth, it's really important. But when I was at Machu Picchu, they present what Inca uh, show, and they always have, since 600 years, they always have, and more than that, but the Machu Picchu is 600 here, so they present Mother Earth. It was there at this moment. Th those words were, were really important. Yes, a long time ago, but right now it's the same thing. If I want to help people to be more conscious of environment, if I'm using those words, I know that it can have a big impact. For the war, when they uh, have the Persian Gulf War, at the beginning, they call it, um, uh, I didn't put it in, in English, I put it in French. <laughs> they call it, I just want to use the right word, uh, Operation um, Desert Shield. At this point, it was okay. But when it starts, People tr starting to call it um, Desert Storm. You see that it's not the same thing. It's not the same impact. It's not the same feeling that going with it. And I take some example with my team. Just using some word uh, when I, I present a challenge. If I'm telling I have a challenge or we have a challenge, just this simple word change the implication that people have. And one example that I have for me, I was when I'm creating a messenger, it's always if I'm putting a title, it's simple. For example, the messenger that I have with my team was called uh, communication 
team. It, it was for me really simple. I can find it in my messenger. It's con communication with my team. And one of my assistants was said, there's a lot of bad um, conversation in the messenger. I think we need to change the title and we need to name it as mutual aid messenger. And just changing the title changed the way that people were writing in the messenger because now it's a mutual aid from the superstar. And it, it, it's, it was not coming from me because for me, it need to be simple and represent what I have to do in this messenger. But she really changed the messenger that we have just by changing the title. So maybe in, in your, uh, when you're looking to your messenger, to your group, what can I change? What kind of word can I use to be sure that it's the right thing that I want to do with this messenger or with this group? I really love, we have a conditioning program right now. If you're not in a conditioning program, I will put the link. I, I wish you to be part of it. But there's one word for me that make big difference. We are uh, reading another book that it's Millionaire Mindset. And in my conditioning program, I always uh, read, I want to be millionaire. And I know that I will be millionaire this year. But what I saw, it's I'm engaged to be rich. Just using the word engage, it's really different because I, I, I don't want to stop at being millionaire. So I, I need to put to be rich, not just millionaire. I need to change it, but change it. I'm engaged. And maybe this word, you can use it in other way. I was doing training last night with the leader uh, group and I tell him, I tell them, change the word I want to I'm engaged and you will see that your action will be different. So we have some, some tips, some things to look to be sure that we are using the right word. And our messenger group was the beautiful example that I can bring to you because it's changed completely the way that people are talking in this group right now. And Marie-Pierre, I know that you have a lot of example that sometimes we are using bad metaphor just because we are using working metaphor with our family. It's not the good situation. <laughs> yes, thank you, Sabrina. So there are some guidelines when you we are using metaphor because we understand the power of metaphor, but it includes being aware of how to use them in the appro appropriate context. So. The challenge is that a lot of people will use metaphor that will help them in their profession, but it will create challenge at home. So for example, if you take an attorney who is trying to apply the same adversarial metaphor at home that served her in, uh, at work really well, her husband will start a perfectly innocent conversation with her. And the next thing you know, it feels like he's hot on the witness stand being cross-examined. So you have to know what kind of metaphor you use. 
of course, it doesn't work too well in a relationship. So what are some metaphors that you use at work that maybe is not viable in your relationship? So if you have an example, go and write it in the comments so we, we can read your example for the metaphor that you use at work that really doesn't work at, how, at your house. For example, if you have a police officer, of course, if they keep the same metaphor from work at their house, they will always be on the lookout for people violating some standard and to see what they can do. Uh, they can see people doing not the right thing. It's not something that you want at your house. You want to be happy and to be uh, with your um, your family. So it really uh, makes an enormous difference. And I know that, Nahia, you have an example that I would love for you to share that you take some metaphor from your work and you take it at your house. And maybe you say, oh, I'm working with people can work at your at home but it's not true <laughs> like 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 things i would you know i would use at home typically when raising the children i would say let's say they would make um they would dry the dishes and and do a half ass job like I mean, let me just call it what it is so i would turn around and i would say in a very harsh words remember remember the way you do anything is the way you do everything but see that was the language i would be using at work it was the right metaphor, Dorothy, for me to, to give a speech at work, but it wasn't the right metaphor at home because they kind of looked at you and said, what the hell is she saying? You understand? You know, and, and bringing off, and it's so easy for me to take what I use in my podcast, to take what I use, you know, when I speak to you guys on Friday nights in English and, you know, go home and use that same type of language. Mistake, mistake. It's not the same environment. We've got to make sure we're using the right metaphors at the right places. Otherwise, it creates um, animosity, creates frustration. And once Nadia looked at me and she goes, I'm not your Tupperware director, okay? And I went, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. So when you're speaking, remember, when we're working in our multi-level marketing, there's a whole context behind it. It's a choice we've made. Uh, we're working very diligently to be the best version of ourselves. At home, it's not the same thing. It's children. It's a spouse. It's very important that we use that kind of language. So there we have to read the book of Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of, the, of, the seven habits of a Highly Effective Family. And that's the metaphors we're going to use. Yes, that book. It's an amazing book. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's a great example to have that book, just to make the difference. Because yes, you learn a lot in one of the books, but in your family, it's not exactly the same thing. You cannot just say, oh, I learned that at the, <laughs> at the rally and I can use it at home. That's not true. <laughs> it's not. You, you really have to be careful not to carry the metaphor that are appropriate in the context of your work is not uh, actually compatible in the context you will relate to your friends and family. So what are some of the metaphors you have for your personal relationship? So for some people, they will call the person they are in a relationship with the old man or the old hag, or some call them the dictator it's, or the ball and chain, the warden. So. Of course, if you don't, uh, you use those kind of metaphor for your relationship, 
mm, there are some more empowering alternatives you can use. So many people will call they met their lover, their better half, their partner in life, their teammate, their soulmate. So when you change only a slight nuance to a metaphor, it will change the way you perceive the relationship. So you may not feel passionate for a partner, but you certainly would for a lover. So really be uh, sure to change your metaphor that you can really see the difference. It's just like your work, your family, same thing in your relationship, the way the word you will use to describe that kind of relationship. And two other guidelines you can use for the metaphor is to avoid the metaphor that will weaken your description. You want something that will bring some emotion to the metaphor and not weaken the uh, description. And make sure that yes, you will use it sparingly. So yes, there's good metaphor. There's a lot of good metaphor. But if you just say a metaphor back to back, it will just um, rub each other their strength. So make sure to use metaphor sparingly so people will understand you and you will make sure that it will be uh, with a strong word you can use the metaphor. So that's the guideline we have for today. Thank you, Marie-Pierre. In, in my brain, I'm going, you know, it's, it's zooming, zooming. And I remember once uh, Patty at the, at the table, my sister, she looks at John and she goes, my old man. And I look at her, I said, well, mine is my James Bond. I want him to stay strong and sexy and good looking. I would never call him my old man, God forbid, you know. <laughs> So be very, very, absolutely, Marie-Pierre, be very, very careful what we are choosing as words, okay? Ugh. Now, my brain is just going like this, and I'm thinking of everything people say, and I say, if only they can hear. One of the things I wrote down is how many times people call their children brats. And in my family, children are called angels, and actually comes from Muhammad's family. You see, in, in the Muslim culture, a child up until they hit puberty, it's like, like if they died, you know, in the Muslim religion, they go to heaven automatically. So they're referred to as angels. They, can, they cannot do any harm. And when I, when I married Muhammad, okay, here we go. When I married Muhammad and I met his family for the first time and here's these, all these children. I remember the first time I went to Algeria, 72 kids in the same house. I mean, this is a big family, 22 brothers and sisters. And then, you know, the cousins, cousins had children. And these kids were the kings and queens of the house. Like I was like flabbergasted. And then I understood the wording. I understood the wording. They're angels. Do you think this will affect the way you treat them. If you call them angels versus if you call them rats, think about it. You see? So as Muhammad would put it, they're angels. If you mistreat them, God will punish you. Now, whether you believe in God or not is irrelevant, but check the mindset here. Okay? So think about it. Of course, it's going to affect the way you're going to treat them. Whether you're, you're, you're saying, oh, the angels, my angels today are active. My angels today are excited, overly excited. You see the difference? The difference in the energy? So making sure we have the appropriate metaphor that supports you taking good care of your children, okay? That supports you attracting massive wealth. 
that support you attracting attracting incredible success that supports you gaining notoriety worldwide that supports you attracting abundance in friendship in love and everything that you desire in fun and on and on and on so today i challenge you and tomorrow and this weeks coming Listen to the words you're choosing. Jean-Philippe, it comes back to your training on Saturday morning or what we did two weeks ago on Wednesday, transformational vocabulary. It goes hand in hand with metaphors. So Dorothy, work with money. Catch each other using the wrong metaphor. Catch each other using the wrong examples and correct. And restart. I always say, reassess, correct, restart. Reassess, correct, restart. And this is how in the millionaire of the diamonds, we become better and better each day. Remember, Lise, our community is all about leveling up and working together on being a better version of ourselves. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. And the way I can do this is by serving you with my skills. And the way you can do this is by serving others with your skills. And yesterday or Monday, the paragraph on the millionaire mind, what did it say for those that read it? It said, we are here to make this world a better world. And we will be compensated financially in living our life of dreams by doing so. My friends, thank you so much for joining us tomorrow. For those that uh, are aware or not aware, we have terminated chapter six or habit six. We are beginning Jean-Philippe, Sabrina, habit seven. We're at the end of the book, oh, which will be called Sharpen the Saw. Exactly the way I closed off. Revalue, reassess, restart. Okay. We are going to make 2022 a legendary year together, my friends. So stay with us, hang on to us. We hang on to you and look at this year be a grand slam. Once again, thank you everyone. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Bye-bye everyone. Bye -bye.